0: Welcome to the Cary Church Podcast. For more information regarding Cary Church, visit www.cary.asn.au. Ephesians 2,
1: verses 8-10 For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith. And this is not from yourselves, it is the gift of God. Not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, Which God prepared in advance for us to do. Romans 2, verses 1 to 4. You therefore have no excuse, you who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourself, because you who pass judgment do the same things. Now we know that God's judgment against those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere human being, pass judgment on them and yet do the same things, Do you think you will escape God's judgment? Or do you show contempt for the riches of His kindness, forbearance and patience, not realising that God's kindness is intended to lead you to repentance? Colossians 3 verses 12 to 14 Therefore, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. Bear with each other and forgive one another if any of you has a grievance against someone. Forgive as the Lord forgave you. And over all these virtues, put on love, which binds them all together in perfect unity.
0: Amen. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your presence. We thank you for your goodness, Father. We thank you that you love this world. Lord, we thank you for each other. Father we thank you for the scriptures and Lord today we want to hear from you. Lord what is on your heart for this community? Lord enable us to do that and to be responsive to your lead. Amen. Amen. Good morning. It is so good. Man you're an awesome looking bunch of people I've got to say. Um, It is so good to be here. I love the commissioning service and uh, welcome again. My name is Dave Kilpatrick and I have the incredible privilege of serving as the Director of Ministries across Kerry, And the theme for this year, as you've probably realised, is kindness. It's one of our values, respect, courage, integrity, humility and kindness. And kindness is one of those words that it can kind of lose its strength and substance. People sort of mistake it uh, for nice if we're not careful. I don't know whether you've seen the play Into the Woods. There's this liner that says, you're not good, you're not bad, you're just nice. Kindness is not nice. If you're kind, you're likely to be nice, but you can be nice without being kind. I can be nice to Peter just because if I am, he's more likely to do what I want him to do. I can be nice to someone just because it's going to make me look impressive to those people around me. I can be nice because it makes me feel good. I can be nice really without caring at all kindness is different. Kindness is deeper. Kindness is not about me, it's about the other person. Kindness flows out of the heart and kindness communicates to another person that you matter, that you are valued. We have kindness as the theme this year, not because we just kind of want people to do nicer stuff to each other. Although, hey, don't let me hold you back. That's always a good thing to do. But we have kindness as the theme this year because we are wanting to remind ourselves to hold onto and be transformed by the heart of God for people. See, kindness is reflective of the nature and character of God. Our God is Is kind. Loving kindness flows out of him. The scripture readings talk about it. The scriptures are full of kindness of God, his loving kindness. Galatians chapter 5 talks about kindness as being part of the fruit of the Spirit that is cultivated as we abide in Christ and keep in step with the Holy Spirit. But kindness is not an emotion. It's not a feeling. Kindness is something that we do. The most profound and powerful statement of kindness in the world is probably John 3.16. But John 3.16 doesn't read, For God so loved the world that he got a really warm feeling in his tummy as he sat on the couch watching Netflix thinking about it. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave. His only son. The kindness of God is not seen in simply that He tells us that He loved, but that in He gave of Himself. And we too are called to give. The world today is marked by pressures and time and resources and consumerism and commerce and busyness and schedules. And kindness tends to get pushed to the margins. Acts of kindness can surprise us because they're often not frequent. Acts of kindness can move us and inspire us. And if we think about perhaps the last couple of years and listen to the narrative that's been ringing out through social conversation through the media, through social networks about the church. Kindness is probably not one of the things that resonates the most through that conversation, if at all. When the community thinks about the church at this time, that the word that comes and springs to mind is not necessarily kindness. But if we, the church, are not kind How is a world going to understand that God is just immeasurably kind to the world? So we're called to be kind. But what are some of the things that prevent us from being kind? What's some of the things that can stand in my road from being really deeply kind? And I think one of them is that we don't really understand the profound and extraordinary love of God for myself, for each other, and for the world. You see, if we want to be deeply kind and be transformed by the loving kindness that just cascades from the heart of God to humanity, we need to understand intimately and powerfully this love of God. The life-transforming, extraordinary reality is that we are loved by God in ways that it is difficult to comprehend. We are loved with a love that is deeper and broader and wider and higher than we can grasp. We are loved in ways that are profligate and ridiculous and embarrassing and don't seem to make sense. And this is said time and time again in the scriptures and God has demonstrated it through the giving of his son in the most powerful ways. But as often as we hear it, as much as we might have it as an intellectual understanding, we seem somehow to struggle to allow the depth and beauty of that truth to settle deeply into our souls and just to rest there. Delighting in being delighted in by our God. Undeserved just because He does. And that is the truth, but the necessary and inescapable conclusion we must come to if we read the scriptures well is that if God loves me like that, then he loves every single person in the world because his love for me is entirely undeserved. If he loves me like that, unbelievably, he must also love you like that. Go figure. And if he loves us like that, then he must love the person across the street and that really irritating person who was so slow at the checkout to get me my coffee so that I'm going to be late for my meeting, and the person that just bumped me when I've just got my coffee and spilled my coffee over my new trousers just before I walk into the meeting. And he loves the person that has lied about us at work or stolen our job or the person who has mortally wounded us or our family or the person that we're just irritated by or the person that I just find myself vehemently disagreeing with on every single thing. Or the criminal, or the racist, or the bigot, or the little grandma across the street. The Muslim, the Hindu, the atheist, the Sikh. God loves everyone with the same ferocity and purpose because God died for the world. And his purpose is to reconcile the world. Our ability to be truly kind will be constrained by our capacity to view everyone we see and meet and hear about as just infinitely loved and incredibly valuable to God. We need to be transformed by the reality that people matter deeply. Mother Teresa diagnosed the world's ills in this way. We have simply forgotten that we belong to each other. Kinship is what happens when we refuse to let that happen. We belong to each other. We are one world. We are one humanity. We are all created in the image of God, and God loves us all. We've forgotten that we belong to each other. Another thing that can get in the road of us being kind... And, you know, for those that know me, you'll know that I never struggle with this, is we struggle to hold on to our humility. We are called to live lives of deep, abiding humility because that is the nature and character of God. And the scripture readings we had, Ephesians 2, 8 to 10 For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is a gift of God. Not by work so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork. Even the good stuff in me is what God is doing in me. He is creating the garden. He is at work doing that. There is nothing upon which I can boast. And in Romans... You therefore have no excuse, you who have passed judgment on someone else. For whatever point you judge another, you are condemning yourselves because you who pass judgment do the same thing. Or do you show contempt for the riches of his kindness, forbearance and patience, not realizing that God's intention, God's kindness is intended to lead us to repentance? What are these scriptures telling us? They're telling us that there is nothing about us. That is worth boasting about other than God's work in us. We are all the same. We are all broken. We are all flawed. We are all sinful. But in the, in the church, we have discovered the beauty of God's love despite that and his redemption from our state. One of the, the challenges in carriers, that we can see ourselves as service providers, we can see as people who have something that are, are serving and providing that to a community of people. And there's a there's a subtle risk that we can then see that we've we've got something that they don't. We're somehow knowledgeable or enlightened or somehow better. Gregory Boyle, a Jesuit in the states who works with Latino gangs. It says, kinship is not serving the other, but being one with the other. Jesus was not a man for others. He was with them. There is a world of difference in that. And see, we are able to find so many different ways of separating ourselves or differentiating ourselves from other people. I was at the shops the other day uh, with Vaughn, and we were just going to get some groceries for dinner. And a couple of checkouts up, there was a a young girl, probably 15 or 16 at the checkout, she was at the 10 items or less and um, at the cigarette counter there and she was having an interaction with a guy mid-40s and he didn't seem to have enough money to buy what he wanted and he wanted some cigarettes and he he was in a state, he was getting more and more frustrated and agitated and this young girl was doing pretty well but the more frustrated and aggressive he got, the more defensive this young girl seemed to be getting and, and anxious and this guy seemed to have been smoking something that you can't get at the cigarette shop or popping a pill that you can't get at the chemist and he was getting more and more exercised and agitated and, and so as we walked past I just stepped in quietly and I just said oh, look I'll, I'll pay for the shortfall and, and it wasn't a lot of groceries it wasn't a lot of money it was just a few things and I could see as, as the situation disengaged And the guy started to calm. I could see the relief on this young girl's face. And she she mouthed to me, thank you so much, over his head while she was sorting out the the coins. And when we finished the transaction, the guy sort of said thanks. And and as I was about to leave, she just looked up again and said, thank you so much. And I was walking away feeling like I'd done a good thing. and, And the guy stood up. And he said, man, thank you so much. Let me shake your hand. So I shook his hand. And I said, God bless, because, you know, I'm a pastor, and that's all good pastors do. They say, God bless. I said, God bless. And he says, man, God bless you. The Holy Spirit's on you. And I can assure you that at that point, he was not making some prophetic statement about my holiness. He was just faced with the mention of God drawing up some language from his past journey. But as I walked away, God started to reorientate my heart. See, I realised that in stepping into that situation, I didn't really consider the journey that that man had had that led him to that point of frustration on that day. I hadn't paid a thought to the journey of difficulty and challenge that had led him to a place in his life that I bet he didn't dream about when he was a young boy. I realised as I walked away... But whilst I had tried to be kind to a young girl that I identified with because I saw my daughter standing in the same situation, I hadn't in any way been kind to that man. I hadn't felt his need. And, and, and to my embarrassment as I drove away, I realised that one life mattered more than another. And I had somehow distanced myself from him and aligned myself with her. As I drove away, I realized I didn't even offer to give him a lift when his state of need was going to be significantly greater, I suspect, than this young lady. We have the powerful capacity to miss the heart of God for the person who is right in front of us. Unless we remain deeply humble. And committed to the ideal of refusing to allow ourselves to observe anyone other than in the way in which God might see them. And as humans, we are good at finding reasons to differentiate ourselves. We're good at finding ways which they, those are in or those are out, where they're worthy and they're not. The church has been beautiful in that at times and tragically failed at other times. The reality is there is only one humanity, and God died for it all. The only differentiating factor is some of us have been brought into the incredible truth that the creator of the universe loves us, and others are still waiting to be brought into that reality. The only thing that divides us is grace and our own prejudice and judgments. It is true that in many ways, Carey is a service provider, but we need more powerfully to be with the community that we serve. Jesus did not forget that. He provided the most profound demonstration of kindness. God upon a cross... And he stood with all of humanity. He stood with the outcast. He stood with those who are seen as despised until he was crucified. He identified with everyone. Are we prepared to do the same? And the final thing that can get in my road. In really being kind is forgetting whose I am. You see, as a Christian, I would say, we would say, we've given our lives to Jesus. Now, by necessary implication, if we've given it to Jesus, it ain't ours anymore. It's his. If I give Peter a present, I can't say, yeah, by the way, that's actually my present. I just wanted to give it to you because it seemed like a nice thing to do at the time. It's his present. If we've given our lives to Jesus, it's his life. It's not mine anymore. But I seem to almost be incapable of stopping thinking in terms of my time, my energy, my money, my family, my holiday, my home. I don't lay claim to any of that really because I've given it all to Jesus. And if I'm honest, everything that I've really achieved that is of any moment, any life and freedom that exists in my family or my life is a consequence of his work in me. I am his handiwork. And Jesus comes to set us free and we give him his life, our lives, and he gives it back to us and says, now take up your cross and follow me and give it away as I continue to give my life away for the world for which I died. So hey, we're spending on God's tab. That's cool. But I find this... Thing at work in me that as I endeavor to lean into that and as I follow Jesus, endeavor to pour my life out, I find that rather than my life diminishing and running out, my life expands in ways that are more beautiful and transformative and life giving than I ever could have imagined for myself. And so, in a time when the conversation about the church centers on many things, but perhaps not about kindness, will we be kind? Will we marinate on the incredible truth that God loves us intimately and passionately and ferociously and that every single person we come across is the same? Will we refuse to see anyone at all, other than with a heart of their creator, And will we humble ourselves, holding on to the absolute truth that there is nothing upon which we can boast other than God's work in us. And it is only grace that is the difference between anyone else and ourselves, that or our own prejudices. And will we try and remember that we've given our life away. It's not we're seeking to be kind with a life that is no longer ours. That we have gloriously given to God and he gives us back in order to be able to share it with the world whom he desperately loves. Our final scripture therefore is Colossians 3, 12 to 14. Therefore as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience. We are God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved. This is the God who holds all creation. This is the God who is the author of history. This is the God who is reconciling the world to himself. This is the God in whom we trust and in whom we are secure. We are chosen not because of anything we have done, but simply because of his grace. And we are dearly loved, so we are safe, our hope Our future is secure. There is no other community on earth that is better positioned to be clothed with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness and patience than the children of God. And we know the world desperately needs this. And if not us, who? Who? I saw a car the other day, driving along, and it had a slogan on it, People Who Care. And I thought, that's the church. Or it should be. And it could be. Imagine the picture that the world would have about our God if their conversation about us was that we were people who cared, that we were kind. Imagine being part of that community. The people just spoke of, they're so kind. They care. Imagine sharing that community with whoever God brought along And connected with us. That community is the church. That community is us. At least it should be. And it could be. The antidote, perhaps for our lack of compassion for others, is to marinate in the goodness and love of God and to refuse to see anyone else other than through that picture helpful antidote to our ability to see divisions and, and separate ourselves is to humble ourselves and just to realise that we belong to each other. And the only thing I have to boast in is the work of God in my life. But what is the antidote for my preoccupation with myself, with my idea that this is my life? The antidote is worship. The reinstating of God to his rightful place as centre throne and myself at his feet. Just enjoying his love that cascades to me and through me, hopefully, to the world. And that is the only response, the only appropriate response to a God who dies for a humanity that he loves that is the only appropriate response so as we contemplate the kindness of god let's stand let's worship